And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the World of Myth Bits. I am your forgetful host, as always, Stephanie Barty. So, okay, 12 seconds in. Good grief. It's been a while since I've been tongue-tied, but, you know. Okay, so, let's try that again. The magazine. Yes, this week we are talking all things World of Myth. Because it is all about the world of myth this week. Eh, I said that, didn't I? That's because I'm stalling because I'm trying to open things and, you know, you've all heard me complain about my internet. Well, flipping Xbox is on, so (laughs) things are a little slow, but it's all good. We muddle through. I mean, it's cheap internet, so I can't really complain. So, magazine this month. Wow. It's been, uh... It was a packed magazine, let me tell you. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, again, more newcomers. I We just keep getting newcomers every month, along with all of our regulars, and it just thrills me to pieces. I'm just so excited when we get new submissions, um, because I remember the thrill of being um, a new submitter. When you first send that story out to a magazine, and you sit, and you wait, and then you get that email that says, yes, we're going to publish your story. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Congratulations. And for me, anyway, you're walking on cloud nine for the rest of the day or a week or whatever until that story comes out. And then you're back to bite your nails again, because now it's out there for everybody to see. And with our magazine, there's a voting system where people can vote and they can comment and you could win member of the month. So then you're back to the nail-biting because you're hoping people like what you've written and they understand if it's a complicated story. And we have a few that you have to see past the story to the deeper meaning of what the author is trying to tell you. And you're hoping that other people see the vision that you were trying to convey in what you were writing. And it's, it's an exhilarating, exciting, terrifying experience. And you ask any writer out there, it's something you become almost addicted to. And you wouldn't trade that feeling for anything in the world. No matter how terrifying it is, no matter how nerve-wracking, more than likely you can tell a writer in a crowd that's just submitted something because we have no nails. We've chewed them all off down to the nub, nubby little fingers. But I haven't seen too many writers that actually have long nails because we're typing away on keys and it's a little distracting. Anyway, welcome to all our newcomers. So let's dive right in. And as you know, I have two names to announce this episode for the open mic contest. Uh, not, oh my God. Wow. (laughs) 
I'm seriously considering, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm already three and a half minutes in, I would just start over. Not the open mic contest, but uh, the open contract challenge. Wow. Oh. You'd th- I said this last Sunday, you think I would be used to this. I know I have to do a podcast. You'd think I would prepare, but nope. The ones you get are off the cuff, spur of the moment, what I say is what you get. It's not scripted, (laughs) because if it was scripted, it would be a whole lot more organized than it actually is. And I am so thankful that you all tune in week after week after week. You have no idea how much I really do appreciate you all for listening. Okay, so two names for the open contract challenge, (laughs) which will bring us up to eight, I believe. I could be wrong. Oh, and we're episode 32, by the way. I hope. Oh, it's, it's been a day. Um, I haven't been medically cleared yet, and I went to the gym today anyway, and was a little disappointed in my performance because I couldn't do what I could before I had the episode with my heart. Now, I figured I've been having these episodes all along for a while, and this one I just actually paid attention to, but apparently not. Um, I might have been having little episodes, but normally, um, and to those of you that work out on a regular, this probably doesn't sound like much for me. And because of my cardiomyopathy, I have to kind of take things slow. So I had gotten myself up to um, 55 minutes of solid workout and then five minutes of cool down on the treadmill. So it worked out to 60 minutes total. And I would get up to, I would, I was doing it at a 4% incline at three miles an hour. And I had my episode, hadn't been back to the gym, went back to the gym today and I could only get my speed up to, well, I had it up to 2.8, but my heart rate was well over 140 beats per minute, which is not good. So I brought it back down and I think I kept it at like a 2.6, 2.6 miles per hour, which is very frustrating because I wanted to go faster, but I couldn't go faster. I don't know. It was frustrating. Anyway, that's besides the point. I still went and I still did it. And then I spent the rest of the afternoon lying on the couch because I had a really bad headache and just didn't feel well. And I didn't want to take another trip to the hospital. So, yeah, it's been a day. (laughs) And I know, I know, I know. I should be resting and taking care of myself and I'm trying to and... I really do appreciate all of your kind words. They mean so much to me and I'm still getting the private messages and the emails and you have no idea how much that means to me that, you know, you all care about me as much as I care about you. 
and we are a family and we look out for each other and I appreciate that and thank you. Okay, now, enough of that. Went off on a tangent there. Okay, so this month in www.theworldofmyth.com we have some wonderful stories. First story I want to talk about by newcomer Jason. I'm, I'm pleased. Do not kill me if I butcher your last name. Nadler. A goat and ten coins of silver. Now, when I read this, I got totally immersed into the story. And it reminded me of fantasy stories that you read that, you know, I mean, it starts right out. It, a cold, dreary, thrashing rain puts you right into that, that, that spot, that place. And you're reading it and you're, it's, it's what a fantasy is supposed to be. It's what, for me anyway, you know, it's, it's just, it's written not so that the fantasy catches you by surprise or it's unexpected. It's written so that when you come to those aspects of the story, it's, oh yeah, okay, yeah, carry on. It's part, it's integrated so well into the story that you don't even notice. And his use of um, conversation, how he writes the conversation, like he's not using, you know, I, I, I can guarantee you in this story, his autocorrect and his grammar program was probably losing its ever loving mind. Because I know when I try and when I'm writing in old English or I'm writing in Cockney or I'm writing in Irish slang, red lines, red squiggly lines everywhere because it's not spelled correctly. But he writes it like they say it. And it's, you really have to go and read this story from a newcomer. And I hope he sends in more because I really enjoyed his writing. I really enjoyed this story, and I look forward to seeing more from him. So go and read A Goat and Ten Coins of Silver. And now we have Mark Kodama, who always sends in incredible stuff, whether it's poetry or a short story or a longer story that's broken up over various issues. Um, this is called Ghost of General Custer. And I was reading it and I'm thinking, okay, so, you know, he's going to be telling us, it's about the, you know, he's telling a story and, and he's writing an article and then the main character in the story opens the door and that is when the entire story changes. Just with the simple act of opening his hotel door, the entire story changed. And I went, whoa, okay. <laughs> and I was completely and totally engrossed from that point on. I mean, I was into it. It was well written. It was interesting. And I was reading it. I mean, I'm not American, so I don't know a lot about American history. Just what I learned in high school. And that was many years ago and have forgotten most of it. I don't know a whole lot about Canadian history. And I'm Canadian. I know. Bad girl. Anyway. So I was interested in reading the story because we've heard about General Custer. And then 
the story, I got, like I said, he opened that door and the entire story changed to where it went from being a retelling to a first person account. It was incredible. Really enjoyed that. Well done, Mark. Well done. And then newcomer, Zamina Escobar. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. I, I'm really bad with names. So if you send a name, send in a piece and you may think I might have a problem pronouncing your name or saying your name correctly, spell it phonetically for me and then I won't butcher it. <laughs> now this one is called Pi and it's based on the myth of Pygmalion. And if you've ever read the story of Pygmalion, um, you will get the message in Pi. Now, also, if you have ever read anything like um, The Life of Pi or um, something along the lines of The Dancing Wooly Masters, things like that, you will really get the symbolism and the underlying story within this story. It's, it's an incredible piece and it really, um, really brings into focus the love of an inanimate object as opposed to what's right, reality. Love of the fantasy over love of the reality. And it is, it does have adult content in it. And I did kind of go back and forth um, with myself about putting it in the magazine because of the adult content. But then I remembered we have Through the Eyes of Madness and yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it was a story that needs to be read because the message in it, at least for me, the message in it is so powerful and so impactful because we get so caught up in the fantasy. We get so caught up in and invested in a TV show or um, drama we see in celebrity news and things that don't impact our lives, that aren't real to our lives, that we miss the things that are right in front of us, that are living and breathing and there and interacting with us. And then we start, because when we realize that the fantasy is no longer, is just a fantasy, that it's not real, we resent what is real. And we want to destroy what we have in exchange for what we want. And I know I may be interpreting the story wrong. That's just my interpretation on it. Um, but give it a read. Now, remember, keep in mind, if you have a problem with graphic adult content, you have been warned. Now we have Michael A. Arnold is back. Yay, Michael. And his tale, there's no, no trace of Nunmund anymore. This is another incredible fantasy story. Now, Michael writes fantasy really, really well. And his characters, his, his fantasy characters, they, they have such a life to them and such a, a character to them that I mean, you would expect to go out your front door and see one wandering by. Like, you know, nothing. He makes them so real. And this story, I, I 
like I said in my opening piece, I shed a tear. This one made me cry. And it was such a, a, a well-written tale. And you have to, I'm not going to say too much about it because I don't want to ruin it for you, but you have to read this one. You have to read them all. I mean, really? I read them all. So I get to choose what goes in the magazine, <laughs> basically. And I recommend the entire magazine. But yes, well done, Michael. And then we have part two of the missing unicorn in the land of the zombie fairies. And I will say something about David K. Montoya and his writing. He really knows how to leave you hanging. And when I read this, I know it's a child's story. It's a child's fantasy story. He is writing it for his two daughters. But, dude, I'm invested in this story now. You're killing me. <laughs> Leaving me hanging like that. It is a really good story. And you get sucked into it. And the imagery that he creates. Um, King of Fudge. I still, I chuckle. King of Fudge. Yep. King of Fudge. Not a good story to read if you're on a diet. Because they do go to the land of chocolate. But anyway. Um, well done. Well done. And... When my granddaughter comes up in the summer, there will be, I'm sure, a few more installments to the story, and I'm going to read it to her. So, yep, keep going, because you left me hanging, and I need to know what happens. And then we have The Rising, Part 1. Now, this is going to be a continued um, piece over several episodes, several issues, and I... I I've read a lot of it, so I, I'm trying to um, police what I'm saying about it because I don't want to give anything away. I want you to read each piece as it unfolds because it is a really good story. And again, it's a fantasy and it's well written and it'll pull you in and leave you hanging. So, <laughs> um, The Rising, Part 1, by Jeff R. Young, who, da-da-da-da, consequently is the next contestant on the Open Contract Challenge. I almost said Open Mic again. Congratulations, Jeff. You are our next contestant on the Open Contract Challenge. See how I kind of worked that in there? <laughs> So go read his story, The Rising, Part 1, and yeah, send him a, give him a big congratulations, and give all our contestants up to this point a congratulations, because they had to submit basically a query letter, and if you've ever done one, you know, those aren't easy. They had to tell us why we want, we should read their story. They had to sell it. They basically had to sell their story to us. So, um, well done, Jeff. Congratulations. And that concludes the fantasy section, I do believe. Yes, it does. Okay, so, horror. Holy crap. Horror. Rude Awakenings, Part 1, Tom Fowler. Dude. When you email me, you got to tell me, do not read these things before bed, especially if they're horror-based, because you write horror really, you write creepy really, really well. 
and I've read the entire, excuse me, Rude Awakenings, and I slept with the light on. It kind of just, it gets into your head. So you've got Rude Awakenings part one. Um, really good, really good. It, it's, it messes with your head, which also Bruce Rowe submitted Moth and that one, it, it, mm. <laughs> it messes with your head too. I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, a I don't, I, I can't read horror right before I go to bed because I dream in 3D Technicolor. So yeah, if you're sending me horror, make sure you put that in your, your email to me. And I'll know to read them in the cold, harsh light of day, several hours before it gets dark. Because y'all write really good horror, and it freaks me out. And I love it, but I can't sleep. <laughs> so, Rude Awakenings Part 1 by Tom Fowler and Moth by Bruce Rowe round out our horror section. And then we have Action and Suspense. And Walter Gearsback has sent us where has the little girl gone? And I know it's in action and suspense, but it is a heartbreaking tale. I, another one, two this month that I shed a tear on. And I really think you're going to enjoy it. It is well written and it's, it keeps you, you reading, it keeps you guessing and wondering and hoping almost um and then of course we have part 18 of through the eyes of madness by david k montoya jerk <laughs> it kills me to have to wait a month for each installment because it's really starting to take off now and this part um just it's you really get to see Jack and what he's about and what so I don't want to give too much away like I really do police myself when I'm discussing each story because if you haven't read them, I don't want to ruin it for you. But again, this one, like all of Through the Eyes of Madness, adult content. Um, but you really get to see, I mean, I know we've seen Jack in action in the past, in previous parts. But he's really starting to unravel now, as the original Jack the Ripper did. And he's he's really starting to come apart and I tell you, Mary Kelly. Yes, that is a round of applause for Mary Kelly. It's all I'm going to say. So well done, Dave. And well done, Walter. Now in science fiction, we have Patrick Quinn, who I think is a newcomer. Um, he's a newcomer to me since I've been editor. How's that? Okay. So he sent one in. My name is Bennett Bennett. And it's, 
<laughs> it could have been put in two different categories, but I think it fit more into sci-fi. Um, especially with the exotic killing method, I would have to say. Yeah. Give it a read. Um, it's really, really good. I really enjoyed it. And I love, I'll have to say, I love Daryl. Love Daryl. And then we have part two of Rocco Matthias in Butt the Chicken. <laughs> yes, the title still makes me giggle. And this is by Walter G. Esselman. And you ha this is this is the the conclusion to the part that you got um, last month. So give it a read. <laughs> but the chicken, but the chicken. It's really really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, there's a few parts that will make you snork. And then we have uh, Steve Carr, who has been known in the past for his horror. And this time he's writing science fiction in Sanctus Virgo. And yeah, another ugh. creepy dude. Creepy. I really enjoyed it though. Like I'm, I'm not a sci-fi isn't my forte. So if I read sci-fi that catches my attention, well done. And this really, really did catch my attention. Um, Brother Maxwell is so totally not what you expect. But it's a really good, really good story. And it could almost have sat in fantasy, but it's, it's, oh, excuse me. It's well suited in sci-fi. It is a sci-fi and it's, um, it's well written and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Sorry, I'm just waiting for my my computer. Okay, and then we have another installment by Tom Fowler, uh, Mr. Smith Part 2. And if you've read Mr. Smith Part 1, I don't really need to say a whole lot about Mr. Smith Part 2 because this is what you've been waiting for. This is your confirmation, your conclusion to where we left Mr. Smith Part 1 as Mr. Smith was exiting the door in a very human-like manner. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've, you've picked up by now that he's not very human. So, um, well done, Tom. Another, another creepy one. Thanks, dude. Because, you know, yeah. I don't, well, if you've read part one, you know he's an alien. So, yeah. It, 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 I have a UFO story, but we're not going to get into that right now. And then we have another uh, newcomer named Harry Rodriguez. And his humor, no prima nocta here. <laughs> all I got to say is I'm never going to look at a can of green beans the same again. Ever. <laughs> well done, Harry. Well done. So that's our story section. And then, which is pretty full. Then we pop over to poetry. 
And apparently there was a time when it was hard to get poetry. Doesn't it? I don't seem to have a problem. So we have Depression by Kevin Adams. And I've checked in with him. He's fine. But this poem really touches on what it's like, what it feels like, where your mind takes you with depression. And then we have another wonderful poem by Christopher Bice called I Am Merlin. And yeah, it, it, it really encap- yeah, it, incredible, incredible poem. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it, it just, it's, it is Merlin and it, it, it will tug at your heart and it will take you back to the land of Camelot and the Knights of the Round Table and who Merlin is and what Merlin was. Um, and not just in the movies and the TV shows, but in the books, in the original stories, in the tales. At least it did for me. And then we have Prince of Mexico, chapter three and chapter four, um, Mark Kodama's epic poem. And it is a really good read. You'll really enjoy it. And I hope you have been following along with it because it just gets better and better as it goes. And then we have um, Suzanne Thomas's Thorn, part three. And this is the final installment on this one called Dragon Scales. Now, if you've been following, each installment of Thorn has told the story. And now we are in the final piece. And it really kind of just brings the entire thing together. Um, and then we have Randolph R. Lofgren with Delighted Is This Man. Well done. And then Kevin Magnus is back with more ghost stories of the 1800s. And I'm really enjoying this ghost stories of the 1800s series. Um, it's nice to see Kevin writing something. I mean, it's still dark and morose and it's still sad and, and, heart-wrenching but it's got it's got a story there's almost like a story to them it's not just raw emotion on the page it's raw emotion with a story and it's I, i'm really enjoying it and then we have uh proud of you by david came on toya that he wrote for his son Jaden. who congratulations Jaden, if you listen to the podcast he has finished high school and from what I understand, will be going off to college in the fall. So this is a beautiful poem about a father's love for his son and how proud he is on his accomplishments. And then we have my poem, We Are Women. And men will read this and look at it and go, Oh, so that's why y'all stand there and cry. And women will read this and understand where I came from. Women have always had the ability to cry. It's almost like we're expected to. Men don't have that luxury. As women, 
We do. We can show our emotions and we can show our emotions freely. We can express our emotions freely because we're expected to be the emotional ones. And I think a lot of times men are envious of the fact that we can openly weep and we can wail and we can grieve publicly. Whereas they're expected to hide away and be strong and, and all of that and not show weakness, but showing emotion, showing sadness and grieving. And especially for the loss, I wrote this after I had found out that a very good friend of mine, um, several years ago, she died of cancer. And I wrote that the day that she had died and it had started raining and I just walked out into the backyard and I literally stood in the mud, in the dirt, in my backyard, in the rain and cried and realized how lucky I was as a woman to be able to do that. Because a lot of the male friends that I knew that loved this friend of ours just as much, if not more than I did, were having to shoulder the emotions and, and hold up the rest of the community that was grieving because they were the men and they had to be strong. Um, and it, I don't think that's right. A strong man shows his emotion. A strong man cries. A strong man loves and grieves and, and has the strength to express that emotion. But I'm thankful that I'm a woman and I can without reproach, without condemnation, without ridicule or laughter. Yeah. So that is our stories and poems now over in the art gallery. Boreana. Well done. She is the cover art this month and her art always just blows my mind. It just, it, she is so incredible. And this piece is called On the Road. And then we have, um, Christopher Harris. Yidrasil. And yes, I do know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Only because I have friends that follow um, a heathen path and follow the Norse gods. So I know Yidrasil. You see, now I'm not going to be able to say it. So I know how to pronounce that. And of course, my chalk art um, minion. which it was a tribute to Eric Young's million, Minions. Sheesh. And Ed Bickford's Girlfriends. And that is our art gallery for this month. And then over in reviews, we have Jason Bashard, our resident movie reviewer. And this month he reviewed Rapture Palooza and Calvary. And seeing what 
was posted on, on Facebook. I know, um, Dave, David K. Montoya has seen Rapture Palooza and he says it is absolutely hilarious. Sorry. What did he put? Hilarious as hell, pun intended. So now I need to watch this one. And I think it might be one that I'll watch with my husband because I think he might enjoy it. And Calvary. So go check those out. And then Luna is back. Luna Lupine with review of Catherine Arden's The Winter of the Witch. Now, if you've read any of Catherine Arden's series, this is the third installment of a trilogy. So read the review. I mean, she goes into that in her review. Um, it's a really good read. If you want to read The Winter of the Witch, I do suggest you read um, The the Bear and... Oh, what is it? Da, 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 da. I can't remember. Girl in Tower and... What was... The Bear and the Nightingale. First. So you know what's going on in Winter of the Witch. So, and then we have um, Kevin Magnus. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Pulls himself out of his dark funk and actually gave us a game, a video game review. He played Castlevania 2. Uh, of course. Killing dead scary things. Simon's Quest for the NES Mini Classic. So check that out. And then David K. Montoya. And I didn't even ask him how to pronounce Jean-Michael's name. He did a review of Jean-Michael Basquet, Riding with Death. And then, of course, we have the commentary from the founder, as always. Wouldn't be the magazine without it. And then over in the interview section, the Mythmaster Strikes Again, we have interview with Michael A. Arnold. So, yes, this side of the pond tormented the other side of the pond. Although I do have to say, I think Michael gave as good as he got. Um, check it out. You can read the first bit blurb on www.theworldofmyth.com and then you click the happy little link at the... There's trailers. Oh, okay, right. Duh. Oh, Look at that, Mythmaster. You got suggestions. Um, there is a link to the podcast to listen to the podcast of Michael A. Arnold. And then you can also click on the podcast page and there is Mythmaster Unleashed and you can find all of the ones that he's done. David K. Montoya, Molly E. Hamilton, Matt Wall, Melissa Ridley-Elms, and Michael A. Arnold. Oh, by the way, speaking of Melissa, congratulations, Melissa. You are the next contestant on the Open Contract Challenge. Melissa Ridley-Elms, well done. So that brings us, let's see, okay. <laughs> I told you last week it was going to be a stretch to see if I can remember them all. So we have Stephen Carr, and I, I'm Rebecca Illich, Michael A. Arnold, Melissa Ridley Elms, Jeff R. Young, Walter G. Esselman, 
and I'm missing two. Ah, Alan Russo. And I'm missing one. Oh my gosh, I'm missing one. <sighs> I told you I would. But you can go to um, the Open Contract Challenge Facebook page. And they're there. I can't believe I forgot one. All right. You know what? I'm going to have to go and look now. If I can type. And apparently I can't. <laughs> yes, I'm grumbling because I can't find it. I can't spell either. Because it's going to bug me. If I don't know. And I need to know. And I don't know. Well, I do know. I just don't remember. Because, you know, I'm a twit like that. But that's the magazine for this month. And it's full of, of course, incredible writing, as usual. Um, we have incredible writers that submit to us. And we continue to get new incredible writers. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. Wow. I had a big glass of water right before I did this. Well, right before I remembered I had to do this. And apparently now it's going to give me the burps. And you're going to begin to think that, you know, I'm gassy every time I do a podcast. Because I seem to be. Okay. So, ah, Mark! I'm sorry, Mark. Okay, so we have... Let's see all. We have Walter G. Esselman. Michael A. Arnold, Stephen Carr, Alan Russo, Mark Kodama, Rebecca Illich, Jeff R. Young, and Melissa Ridley-Elms. Those are the two for this week. Congratulations, everybody. And I do believe we have, next week will be the last two, and that will be our ten contestants. Okay, so probably noticed there's a new banner on the magazine this month. Go check it out. I highly recommend that book because <laughs> it's my book. Um, and it, you know what? I just have to say um, a happy book anniversary to Dark Myth Publications and David K. Montoya because it was one year ago Memorial Day weekend. So it was one year ago this weekend that I got a message from Mr. Montoya telling me, you know, hey, it's a holiday here, but I just wanted to let you know I'm going to publish your book. And I literally, I was with my mom, who I seem to be with my mom a lot when I get news like this. Um, I was with my mom and I literally dropped to my knees in her living room. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't speak. All I could do was scream and cry. And I, I, I do believe the only things my mother said that she could coherently make out were, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. She grabbed my phone. 
She read the message because she didn't know if it was a happy freaking out or a somebody's been hurt freaking out. So she grabbed my phone and she read it. And then the two of us were screaming and crying <laughs> and laughing. And yes, so happy book anniversary, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know when you said that that you were going to get stuck with all this now, did you? <laughs> Anyway, I digress. So, yeah, it was one year ago, Memorial Day weekend, that I was told my book would be published. And it is now available. It's called Eternally Bound. It's the first in the Bound series. Um, the second one is coming out November 2020. And you can get it on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, Amazon.uk, for those across the pond. Um... Amazon.ir. Yeah, we're international. It's international. So check it out. Google it on your... Google it. Search it on your Amazon and enjoy it. Um, I've gotten quite a lot of really good feedback from people who have bought the book and have read the book. And it, just, it makes my little heart sing. So... I think I am going to wrap it up. I'm going to say one more congratulations to Jeff R. Young and Melissa Ridley Elms for being the next two contestants on the Open Contract Challenge. I keep wanting to say Open Mic. Good gravy. On the Open Contract Challenge. And congratulations to this month's DC Diamondopolis. She was last month's um, she was member of the month for April's issue with her story. And, um, oh yes. And, uh, da -da 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 -da, as I mentioned last week, that will be re the podcast for that will be resuming. Um, and congratulations, David K. Montoya on being featured article. And congratulations to Boriana Anieva for being our cover art this month. And get those submissions in, and we will see you next week. All right. Have a good evening, everybody. Oh, and don't forget to go over to www.theworldofmyth.com. You can catch us on Twitter at TWOMBP. That is the podcast Twitter handle. Or you can find us at The World of Myth Magazine. On Twitter, you can find us over on Facebook at the World of Myth Magazine and the World of Myth Bits podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Stephanie Barty Author or Author Stephanie Barty. Stephanie Barty, anyway. You can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find me on Instagram at Stephanie Barty Author. And we will catch you all next week. Have a good night. See ya. <laughs> The World of Myth Bits.